Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Uh, we partnered with our friends from More Than a Vote and my sister Jamil Hill for this two-part episode because like a lot of Americans, we've all got questions about the COVID vaccine. More importantly, we want to put to bed the myths about Black America and this vaccine and address the access and informational issues that stand between more of our people getting vaccinated. Jamil just did a masterful job of putting to bed the false narrative around Black folks and our COVID vaccination rates. Vaccine hesitancy is real, but relative to other groups in the country, we're no more hesitant than anyone else. If anything, we're more likely to get vaccinated than most other groups. A Kaiser Family Foundation survey recently found that nearly 30% of those identifying as conservatives say they will definitely not get a COVID vaccine, the highest resistant rate among all groups surveyed. So if you see media reports about vaccine hesitancy that centers on black folks, don't fall for it. We're hesitant, but not as much as other folks. Hesitancy aside, vaccine access and information from credible messengers about the COVID vaccine is still lacking. And like everybody else, we've got questions given the very real history of medical racism and distrust that American medicine has earned from Black Americans. And that's why we did today's very special episode. My guests are two brothers in Michigan, NBA legend Jalen Rose and Dr. Atalo Brown, that represent key constituencies in our fight to get more Americans, and particularly Black Americans, the info they need on the vaccine. In Jalen, we've got not only an icon in sports journalism, in college and NBA basketball, but also a very trusted messenger and community leader in his hometown of Detroit, who understands at a very personal level how COVID has ravaged the Black community and how we break through in getting the right message to our communities, both around how they get vaccinated and why the vaccine is such a powerful tool in combating this pandemic. And then I got my brother, Atalo Brown, Dr. Brown. He's a Morehouse man and my hairy trained doctor who works on the front lines as an ER doctor at Stanford's Medical Center. He also has committed his career to health equity and closing the access and informational gaps around black communities and medical care. He's heard all the questions about the vaccine and he's got some answers for us. And most importantly, he understands why we distrust American medicine and he knows how to break through to us and help us make the best decisions for us. Together, they give us this great episode that builds on Jamil's episodes and that I hope helps move the needle on getting more of us vaccinated so that we can all get back to our lives. Again, thank you for tuning in to this very special episode of the Bakari Sellers podcast with our friends more than a vote. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to a special episode along with my friends at Spring Hill uh, Entertainment, LeBron James, along with more than a vote. I have none other than Dr. It's funny to call you that now going to college <laughs> with Dr. Italo Brown. And I also have Jalen Rose, who you may not be able to see right now, but Jalen is uh, ESPN sports commentator, legendary, legendary Wolverine. Thanks. I want you to get into some of the philanthropic work you do, but he's also known to have the best barber in the business. So uh, I want you guys to spend just a moment and, and introduce yourselves to the listeners. Jalen, particularly reintroduce yourself and talk to talk about the philanthropic work that you do that not many people know about. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Bakari. You know, I got love for you. have been following you a long time. Thank you for being a consistent voice for our culture. It's extremely important. As it relates to my philanthropic work, I'm a native of Detroit. I grew up on the Northwest side. And in 2011, my foundation prior to that was aiding five public school students with scholarship funds so they can go to college. And I influenced around 40 students and helped them get in college. And I also have a scholarship endowment at the University of Michigan that I started in the early 2000s. But in 2011, I decided to do more. And that's when I founded the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, a tuition-free, open enrollment, public Hmm. charter high school that's nonprofit. And the thing I want to make sure I stress is we start supporting our young people at ninth grade through their secondary education. So it's a nine through 16 model. So it's not just you graduate from high school, throw your hat in the air, and we see you later. No, (laughs) we're supporting them. Um, College or university, military, trade school, community college, with resources, with staff members, raising funds for them, making sure that they actually have what it takes to complete their secondary education. Because I believe the eight most important years of a young person's life are the four that they're in high school and the four that they could be in college. You ask any adult where their dreams went awry, it started happening during those puberty years. Yeah. So it's really important for us to give them the support and the guidance that they need. And I'm really proud of everything we've accomplished and we continue to accomplish. Dr. Brown. Yes, sir. Man, uh, it, it is definitely a pleasure to be here, especially, you know, knowing you for, for a number of years and seeing uh, how you've continuously not just been a voice for our community, but done the work, like actually doing the groundwork and seeing that there are that there's a footprint there. Uh, I'm just I'm humbled to be here among you. And, and Jalen, uh, my mom's from Detroit. My dad's from Saginaw, <laughs> straight up. So automatically I grew up uh, being a Wolverine fan. And so uh, and, and I'm extremely impressed and more so thankful for the work that you do uh, in the community and more so trying to get young men uh, to, to show them what leadership looks like. For me, it's been literally knockdown, drag out fight with healthcare. 
I represent uh, our people every single day when I walk through the doors of an emergency department. Uh, I'm there because I truly believe that when it comes to care that that is competent, care that is linguistically appropriate, black folks sometimes are up against a lot when they walk through the doors. So I try to be that that face that they see. And when it comes to community engagement, I believe in the power of black barbershops. You mentioned at the start that he's got the best barber in the game. Well, we have to activate our, our safe spaces to uh, be places where healthcare can be normalized. So I work with a group called Trap Medicine, I'm the chief impact officer, uh, founded by my brother Jamil Lacey, also a Morehouse man. And we try to bring wellness to communities through the barbershop. Shout out to my barber, Tremaine, what's going on? And also to all the folks at No Grease over in Carolina Place Mall. They're going to love me for that. Shout out. Jalen, you you did make news a few weeks back when you posted a picture of you uh, receiving your COVID vaccine. Why did you decide to post that? And thank you for doing it. My pleasure, because I was spending time with my family and I was talking to my uncle, who's actually who I'm actually named after. A lot of people may or may not know my name is a combination of my biological father, James, who wasn't present when my mother had the baby, and my uncle, Leonard, who took her to the hospital to gave birth. So now you see a lot of Jalen's, but my mother actually created the name. (laughs) And so the one thing I was talking to my uncle, and he worked at a plant. He worked at Forever. And as you mentioned, I'm from Detroit. So each of my family members have plant ties. And I was sitting down talking to my uncle about getting the vaccine. And he said he wasn't going to do it. And I was talking to him about why he's not going to do it. He was like, I worked at the plant forever. And any new thing that happens, there's always going to be recalls on them. And that's going to happen with the vaccine. And I'm not going to be a guinea pig. And when I saw those words come out of my uncle's mouth, that's like my dad, I could not have disagreed with him more. I couldn't believe he was saying that. I could not believe he was saying that. And so I'm like, Uncle Lynn, this ain't the flu. 600,000 people have actually died. This is a world epidemic. There's a reason why we're socially distancing. This is different. This is different. And so I was going to get my vaccine shot and do it privately. But as I started to spend more time in Detroit after, you know, I got a couple of tests and whatnot and being at the school and understanding the school was going to basically now basically learn virtually for the rest of the year. I was like, I got to do something. So JRLA, the school that I founded, it's actually going to be a vaccination site in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's live. I work with Detroit Henry Ford Hospital, and they're going to set it up to where we, we're going to do both shots. It's going to be available to the parents of our students and staff first. It's going to be available to the adults in the community and our scholars. Because talking to the people in my community, I started to realize that some of us didn't understand the importance of why we should be getting vaccinated and how it can protect us. So I wanted to lead by example. For both of y'all, both of y'all hail from Michigan, Detroit in particular. 
So Jalen, I'll start with you. And then Dr. Brown, I'll bring you in. Mm-hmm. Talk about how hard, because people don't, they hear it, but they don't know. But talk about the impact that COVID has had on the D. Like you, you, you are for all intents and purposes, the worldwide ambassador to all things Detroit. Exactly. Uh, but, but give a glimpse of the world of COVID uh, from the perspective of a Detroiter who saw firsthand how COVID really hit Detroit and what that means that you know you need to do because it's our people dying. Absolutely. The, one of the things that happened with COVID and with Black people is we have pre-existing conditions. And I know we have a doctor on here and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds and speak out of turn, but a lot of us have pre-existing conditions. Also, we live in close proximity to one another just based on our financial circumstances. Those two elements right there create an opportunity for super spreading to take place. Like even the school that I founded, I took over an elementary school that was an eyesore in the community. The building had busted windows and the plumbing was taken out of the walls. We, we joked that urban miners took over the building, kind of like they do in the hood when they squat in that houses. And so I took over that elementary space and turned it into a high school. And having 420 students in there, it was already a tight space. And that's a microcosm of what Detroit has represented to one another with the spread of COVID. And living in America as a black person, to be frank, we're not as confident in the government. <laughs> Understatement. Right. And so when we hear something, we, we got to I guess we got to measure twice and cut once. And we seen it playing out with the police, but it also plays out in medicine that we just don't trust. And also we don't follow the rules to your point. So I'm seeing people that I know my family and friends, we, they out like it's not COVID, like not wearing masks, not socially distancing, not encouraging each other to do it thinking it's just going to go away. And that's not happening. Nah. And when you start to realize that it's affecting us at a, a, a higher rate, that's where the work that you're doing, that we're doing is extremely important. So it devastated Detroit. And Michigan is the place right now that has been an epicenter of rising cases. That's why I'm like, my school is here to be a beacon in the community. I'm going to make sure it's a polling site and I'm going to make sure it's a vaccination site as well. That's what's up, Dr. Brown. What are you seeing in Detroit and Michigan? I mean, what I'm seeing is what the same story that they're they have in a variety of communities across the U.S. If you have an urban center center, a hub, the chances that you're going to have people who are limited in terms of their access to care increases. The, the educational elements that they have to kind of give them adequate information, they decrease. You have the same issues with employment. All of these social determinants are at a maximum in places like Detroit, New Orleans, Chicago, L.A., Oakland. Like that is just the nature of being in America, unfortunately, where we are disproportionately disadvantaged, where health disparities run rampant in our communities. So uh, I just feel like the hardest part about this is we saw it coming. This has been chronically underaddressed. And so when you add a pandemic on top of that, of course, people of color are going to be the first to get hit hardest and have the most long term effects. 
Now you complicate that by the fact that we don't trust healthcare. Yeah. Like he spoke about his pops. I'm speaking about my pops. Like my dad from Saginaw did not want to trust the vaccine at all. I told him about what this was. And again, he's saying, you know, I've worked in a plant. I've been in the military. They shot me all up in the arms. I'll be okay. It took me 10 weeks to convince him to think about the vaccine. And on the 10th week, he actually got COVID. Mm. You see what I mean? Like, this is what we're dealing with across the country. And I have these conversations with, with black men because we, unfortunately, you know, are very hard to capture when it comes to health information. We don't know where to find them. We don't know how to get the message through. But we're also the highest to be affected by this. We see total number of deaths favoring men, favoring black men. So I just it, it's a very uh, real situation. And we just have to activate our community agents to consistently push this message, like constantly say we're not impervious to danger. We're not invincible. <laughs> you can't drink Tussin for this. You know what I mean? Like, like those same things we've been doing for years, it does not work. I see dudes come in the hospital and, and they think that just because they're a young black guy and they used to be able to hoop and they played for some like high school team that they're going to beat COVID. And that's not true. See that now people that are being hospitalized are younger and younger. But but to this point, let me talk to you about this because yeah. uh, Jalen brought up this hesitancy earlier based on what may be fact or what may not be fact. But Top of my mind, and for a lot of people, it's the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Dr. Yeah. Brown, explain to listeners what happened with the Johnson & Johnson <laughs> vaccine and what should people do if they've already received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine or get an appointment scheduled. Is it safe? Are yeah. particular people at higher risk for blood clots or other adverse side effects? Or should people know that I think six people got blood clots out of six million? Out of six million. <laughs> right. You have a greater chance of getting struck by lightning. You have a greater chance of uh, getting a blood clot in general population. You know what I mean? Like these numbers, uh, we have to be very clear and interpret them in a way that our community understands, right? They just came across with a sensational headline, Johnson Johnson caused blood clots. And immediately that was all people needed to see to be like, I don't trust these vaccines. I told you, told you. you know, I told you. <laughs> and, and it's wild. And, you know, my best friend, he got the J&J vaccine. And so I was very much so interested in knowing what this meant. So for, for listeners, like understand that the J&J vaccine has a good, a very good e efficacy. Right. It's one shot. It can be stored however it needs to be stored. And this makes it extremely useful. Right. Compared to having to go back for a shot where you might have drop off compared to having to store it at certain temperatures where you can't do that at a church or in a barbershop or in a community center, right? The numbers of knowing six out of 6 million getting blood clots between seven and 15 people out of millions. Now this is like composite data, like knowing these numbers, you just have a better likelihood of having severe bleeding and severe adverse effects from taking Tylenol, from taking Motrin, things that we get every day over the counter. And people do this constantly. But we don't put those risks into comparison. We don't put that into perspective. So know that the risk of you getting a blood clot from not having a vaccine because of COVID is a lot higher than you getting one because of a vaccine. Mm. You know what I mean? So I guess trying to illustrate that for people has been a challenge. But I yeah. definitely think that this vaccine has the efficacy we're looking for, the availability that we need. And unfortunately, that's the message that's not being thrust forward. So we got to do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. So I I got some numbers for y'all. In my home state of South Carolina, we're only getting, black folk are only getting 19% of the shots, but we're 26% of the population and 33% of the COVID deaths. In Michigan, Black folk are only getting 8% of the shots, which is 23% of the deaths. And in a state like Mississippi, Black folks are 34% of the shots, but over 55% of the deaths. What should those numbers be, Dr. Brown? And then I want you to dig deep on me, Jalen, and talk about, like, you grew up there. What are people like your uncle and others? Give me this hesitancy thing. What, what, what is that? You talked about the history. Talk about that distrust a little bit more. I mean, the numbers should not be that there, there shouldn't be that great of a distance between them. You know, seeing the disparity number of deaths is alarming. It's absolutely terrible to know that the population and the number of deaths is greater than the number of people that were getting vaccinated actively. And it speaks to a discrepancy, like whether or not there is mis- mistrust and uh, efforts to create restorative justice in those communities, whether or not uh, providers are meeting the, the patients where they're at and going beyond the walls of hospitals and safe places. Uh, and what we really do as far as marketing this, you know, how are we talking about the vaccine? How are we sh- illustrating to people like its efficacy, what the data means, how you can reduce your uh, risk of death or severe illness or hospitalization. Like those things have to be made plain and simple for people. Uh, and it's our it's our fault. It's our job as healthcare providers to take that on and to be the brain uh, behind these types of interventions. What are some of the things you're seeing, Jalen, that people need to know about on the streets? I mean, you, you deal. And oh, and better question. Why are all these hoopers scared to get the vaccine? What's that about? 
<laughs> My bad. I forgot we doing this on Morton. You get the vaccine? <laughs> yeah, what happened was we'll talk about that another time. It, it really is, and sadly, as much as, as you guys know this, as much as it is about the vaccine, it's about our distrust toward government. That's where it started. I remember being a youngster. My grandfather had multiple opportunities to go to the hospital. And he would tell me stories about his distrust for white people and for hospitals. He said he would rather die at home with his people than go to a hospital and have white people kill him. Mm. He said that out of his mouth. And so as we now have made a lot of progressions you know, as a people in this country, there's still a long way to go. We see a lot of the stories playing out through law enforcement, through medicine. What about voting? We finally got our people to go vote. We voted at a record number. As you mentioned, I'm part of more than a vote. And what did they do since then? Try to change every law. Amen. Georgia, in Texas, in Michigan, in Arizona, they're trying to change every law. We see that. We we see that. We see the number of videos time and time again of unarmed black men being harassed, beaten, and killed by law enforcement. That's a distrust when we realize that they never get prosecuted. And I want to ask you this, Bakari, for I know this has nothing to necessarily do with it. I really think a bigger deal should be made when police falsify the report. Like, you should automatically be fired and lose your pension. No, you should be charged with perjury because it's an official document, right? And so if you lie, if you lie to law enforcement, you get a 1001, and I remind folk all the time, a 1001 is a federal charge. Martha Stewart didn't go to jail for insider trading. Martha Stewart went to jail for lying, which is a 1001 violation. Or you get charged with perjury. The best example of what you're talking about, and nobody really remembers this, but when Walter Scott in South Carolina was killed by Schlegler and you, we only saw the young man who took the video. What we forget is that there was a black officer with Michael Schlegler that night or that day. And he signed off on a falsified police report as well. And you're right. I mean, because I remind folk all the time, Derek Chauvin's case was not about justice. It was about accountability. And if we don't hold people accountable who falsify reports, then we never will. And that's about building trust in the system. It ties into what you're saying. Correct. Like, look at Breonna Taylor's police report. How it was falsified. They act like nobody got injured and she got killed in a hail of bullets. And so I just want mainstream America to know we're listening. We're watching when that happens. And that doesn't make us trust government more. (laughs) Doesn't make us trust medicine and law enforcement more. It makes us go the opposite way. No, I want to speak to that for from a health Please stance. Do, I mean, we, talk, we also talk about African-American female mortality rates. Right. We talk about, you know, how doctors treat black folk different to yeah. pain. We talk about that distrust in your field as well. It's taken uh, 50, 60 years for the healthcare institution to acknowledge racism as a public health crisis. Like that didn't come out as an official statement until the last year. And racism has been along, around for as long as medicine has been around. You know, we can talk about the Flexner report, which closed down tons of black medical institutions 
and basically said that black people should only be mid-level providers, should never become doctors. We talk about James Marion Sims and his experiments on black women and giving doing gynecological procedures. We still do today without pain medication. We talk about a variety of different things beyond Tuskegee, because most people think about Tuskegee and say, hey, they were giving people syphilis, which is wrong. They didn't give syphilis. They failed to treat syphilis and watch the natural progression of the disease so that the stuff that our medical students learn now about syphilis, first, second and third degree syphilis. It comes from watching black men just deteriorate. Mm. And so that's not being taught in medical schools. So you have an entire establishment that is perpetuating systemic and structural racism. That is what Jalen's talking about as far as black people don't trust doctors. They don't trust healthcare because they know these stories anecdotally and through lived experience. So our job is to kind of like come out and say, this is the truth. We need to expose this. We need to continue to speak about the fact that our family members don't trust it. And until I became a doctor, my dad didn't trust medicine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's where me, I'm coming let from. Let me, ask you a, let me ask you a science question, because I want to trust something today. I want people to get yeah. this time together. What the hell is herd immunity? And we hear about it all the time. And um, people say when we get to herd immunity, we can walk around together. And hu- I'm a hugger. I'm from yeah. South Carolina. You know, oh, we yeah. like to hug and all that other stuff inside. You know, I go to, I, I'm in Detroit <laughs> waving to people and they like, why are you waving? Like, like that? <laughs> you all that now. So if you don't care about COVID, come give me some time and give me a hug, dog. Let's take this picture. Pull down your mask. All of that. All of that. Come here. They be kids. Uh, old women kiss you on the cheek. You smell like Chanel. Number and then, six. And then put the mask off. back on. <laughs> <laughs> they kiss you and they put the mask right back on. What is herd immunity, man? Talk to me about that. Yeah, man. So it, it's the concept of creating a a minimum threshold, a critical mass of people who uh, are vaccinated or who have been exposed and have circulating antibodies. So I don't want to get too sciencey, but antibodies are basically the things that are the defense system for your body, right? If you have a critical mass of people who have these circulating antibodies, then you can say the likelihood of newer infections goes down tremendously. That's what they're trying to get. And I think the number they're shooting for is 70%. But to get to that, either 70% of people have to get exposed to COVID or 70% of people have to get vaccinated or some combination of the two. Uh, And and it's it's hard to get to that number when you see that black communities are consistently being uh, underrepresented in the vaccine numbers. It's hard to get to that that number when you're like, all right, places that are underserved, that have, uh, you know, lower socioeconomic status, don't have the same access to the vaccines or don't have the same volume of vaccines in their locations. So the idea of herd immunity is multi-generational. So like children, adolescent, uh, young adult, adult, older adult, you need to have 70% in each one of those. And then you also need to see it geographically represented. And so we're struggling with that right now. Jalen, what we got to do to talk to our black men? If, if I gave you a hundred million dollars and said, I need you to go out there and message and get black men vaccinated, you get another hundred million if you reach the 70% mark, which and I know you're going to grind now. What would you do? So incentivize them. Like hmm. anytime you want to get a young person to do something, you give them allowance. Even if you're a parent, you expect them to do their chores, but you give them an incentive. And by the way, we never got reparations. And we never got our 40 acres in a mule. So therefore, if you would like us to take the test, here's what I propose. There we go. $2,500. All 
If you pay us to do it, we'll do it. How about that? We got the money. money. Like I see, and you you do this for a living. Like you see all of those legislations and then in the bottom of it, it's like, you know, we're going to pay for porn at a Washington college and stuff like that at the bottom of those bills. They can find a way through reparations in a lot of instances to pay black people to actually get vaccinated. And I would say a number like $2,000, $2,500 will get it done. Well, you might be breaking news on here. So, look, this is what I want to, this is the question that I have now. And I, I, Jalen, I, we, got, we got a doctor right here, so I want you to, to jump in. Personally, I'm married, so I just can't have the full Paul Pierce experience. But <laughs> I do want to... I do want to get back to, I want to get back to having summer, right? So I just want to go in, like, when can we have a barbecue, Dr. Brown? Talk to me about that. When can we, when can we have a kickback with friends? And if we want to have one now, how do we do it? All right. So I don't know if y'all saw the headlines today. CDC just released some guidelines uh, stating that, you know, outdoor uh, the risk of you getting COVID outdoors is so low that they are recommending that two vaccinated people are out in the public. They can walk around without masks. So I do think that that is something we've seen consistently through all of the data is that outdoor transmission is very, very low. So I'm looking for the cookouts. You know, I'm thinking about that, but I'm also going to those cookouts with mask in hand or over my face because I don't trust everybody. I don't think everybody's coming to the same cookout the way I'm coming to the cookout. I threw my shoulder out in December and January for the shot. <laughs> we had a news report the other day talking about, man, people, people plagiarizing their vaccination cards. Man, <laughs> I've seen the screenshots of it. People legitimately are using other people's screenshots of the picture and just Photoshopping information onto the joint. So it's wild. You know, we're creative and I appreciate the creativity, but I want us to go ahead and and think about it from a practical sense. You know, like we love these things. This is what makes black culture so fun and entertaining and so exciting to be a part of is being able to do cookouts, being able to watch the game with your friends. We got, you know, NBA season is coming to a close almost and we want to have those moments to do it. Let's do it the right way. Let's go ahead and get the shots. Jump in if you have any questions, Jalen, but I want to know about schools. Will schools be open? Can Jalen open his school full full throttle in the fall? Man, I think a lot of people are already thinking about opening schools. And if you look in places like Georgia, I don't think they ever really closed. Uh, The school's been popping since (laughs) since that one month of no one at work. They realized that it's hard to keep these kids at home. Atlanta Uh, said we don't have COVID. Yeah, no, they don't even believe in it. It's wide open. Um, I think that we're seeing the numbers of the, the, the age limit go lower and lower because what you have on the other end is seeing the numbers for youth, their you know, severe cases going extremely low as well. And that's because kids, young people get exposed to coronaviruses all the time comparatively to adults. You know, we don't see it that much, which is why our body freaks out. So I think what you're going to have is the number of vac- the age for vaccination is going to continue to drop low, 12, 10. And some parents are going to do that. Most black parents are going to think twice about it and you'll see fewer numbers in children. So they're going to open up. Uh, the question that I have is more so like, what do you do for professional sports? Like, what do you do for uh, college, college sports? sports? Man, what do you, you do? I, you know, with all due respect to y'all folk, y'all don't play football in the Big Ten. 
But in the SEC, we play real football. I want to tailgate, drink liquor, hang out, go in the stadium with 90,000 people (laughs) and watch some football. Now, y'all, when (laughs) Michigan, y'all play like the Indiana School of Deaf and Blind. Y'all, y'all (laughs) right now, I got to take all of that. I got to take, I got to take all of that. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Ohio State has owned us the last 20 years and I've been really quiet. I'll I'll, I'll say this about the, um, the vaccine for our people. I remember a time when people could smoke on the airplane. I remember going to an AAU tournament in Seattle and I was sitting next to this couple and they smoked the entire time. And I just, I couldn't believe that you was able to smoke on an airplane. There was times where you weren't required to wear a seatbelt. That actually exists. You could be in a car and not wearing a seatbelt. It wasn't a law. How about condoms? There was a time where you look at somebody and be like, well, he or she don't got it. You know what I mean? But I just, Jalen, before you go further, I want you to know there's still a lot of friends of ours that still <laughs> that, that practice that arithmetic Correct. right there. Correct. <laughs> That's why I use that example last. Don't treat COVID and the vaccination like those things. Yeah. Be on the right side of this one. Yeah. You don't need Magic Johnson to catch HIV as a young basketball player to now heighten your antennas. Like when Lynn Bias you got drafted and used drugs and died, I was like, I'll never use that never. and I'll never be around it. I want people to think the exact same way about COVID. Yeah. Just because it didn't happen to somebody in your family or one of your direct relatives, don't pretend it's not happening. And don't treat this period of time right now like it can't be you or it can't be your loved one. Continue to take the precautions, get vaccinated, because it can be. Let me ask a couple more questions before we get out of here. Jalen, particularly to you, should they incentivize professional athletes, particularly owners paying or somebody paying NBA players to take the vaccine as well? Should that happen? And then should you have to be, should you have to have a vaccine in order to watch professional sports or come in the arena for professional or college sports? Should that be a part of the rules that are mandated? I think to attend a sporting event, you should be vaccinated. So the answer to that question is absolutely yes. For players, whether they're promoting or advertising or not, there's some fine print in their contract that's going to make sure they get vaccinated so they can get paid and play the game that they love. So just because you don't see them posting it on IG, trust me, they all getting it. (laughs) They all getting it. Please believe me. Or they wouldn't play. I mean, I expect it to look like how we uh, do reports for people who have had other injuries, right? Imagine seeing on their bill of health that they had COVID. Like, what does that make you think about the player? What, how does that change their prospect? You know what I mean? So that's why I think the vaccines are going to be popular. Jason Tatum got to use a, a inhaler now. Yes. Anyway, fellas, I just want to thank y'all so much for joining the Bakari Sellers podcast in coordination with More Than a Vote, Spring Hill Entertainment. Uh, Jamil has another podcast that ain't gonna be nowhere near as dope as ours. Don't tell her I said that. Uh, you know, I just I love you guys so much. Jalen, will you ever let will you ever let one of your children go to Duke? No, they must be paying a lot of money at that point under the table. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we out. Coach K, Jalen said he loves you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah.